Hello, everyone, and welcome to Get in the Garage. We're music podcast. We're music lovers. We've got a great show planned for you today, but before we begin, as always, remember to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast, rate us on Apple Music, and share, 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 share with everybody, including this week's special listener, which I, is... I would like you to share with somebody that works outside. Just somebody that works outside. Oh. If you see somebody working outside, mm-hmm. uh, tell them, hey... There's a podcast that you like need to know about. A landscaper? Great. Uh, somebody that works an at a arborist, tree service. perhaps. Great. An arborist. Oh, a sweet. gardener. A gardener? Uh, arborists have been covered on the show, but, you know. Oh, uh, I have. Someone who works with trees? Uh, the Not people true. that, uh, you know, uh, are outside with the road signs that are waving you, yell out the window, this podcast is great. Uh, people like that. Maybe like yeah. a surveyor. A, yeah. Oh, Some, very nice. Wow. Door-to-door salesman. A Hoover salesperson or something maybe tell them all about tell the greatest all. music <clears throat> podcast that has ever why don't you tell them all what was what the what's we're talking about uh we are going to talk about <laughs> we get off the rails even more <laughs> music news like always it'll be great we're gonna tell you what's going on with the musical artists in the world then we are going to review the brand new album by ed sheeran called minus we'll tell you about it you know i think it's subtract oh well you know minus subtract same difference you know <laughs> Equal or potato, potato. Then we are going to move on to Duran Jones, his solo debut without the indicators. And this album is called Wait Till I Get Over. And we are going to review that. And we're mm-hmm. going to tell you about that. And this is Get in the Garage. This is the greatest music podcast of all time. I've already said it. Greatest of all time. Roll the garage door, Alex. Play a theme please. song. Everyone's going to enjoy this. Wow, what a treat. Listen to that. <laughs> we're so happy to be here. That was Jeff's face. What's that? Their base? I think it's that base. No, it's that base. The Bronco. The, bro- the fucking Bronco. Uh, okay. I don't think so. But I, I'm trying to remember if we used your base. Because that's when we were doing band practice here. Bronco. Mm. The Bronco. Ever solid. This is Music News. Hear ye, hear ye. Ed Sheeran has vanquished the ghost of Marvin Gaye. Oh. He Justice uh, was, has been served. was found not liable for copyright infringement from his song "Think It Out Loud." Uh, it was actually not Marvin Gaye's family who was suing him. It was I learned that a co-writer who name I did not remember and do not care to share with you. You can look it up for yourself. Uh, found not liable for copyright infringement, though. Think it out loud. They said sounded too much like "Let's Get It On," and a jury decided that that is not true. And Ed Sheeran will continue his music career. We're finally gonna we're gonna get that cradle of filth Ed Sheeran uh, collaboration that we've been eagerly waiting for. Some of us would have hoped he maybe would have lost that case. To end <laughs> his that career, but... Also, Ed Townsend is the name of the person uh, who sued him. Just Ed to... on Ed crime. Ed. On... <laughs> <laughs> this is Ed versus Ed. This is Ed versus uh, Ed. I'm happy Ed Sheeran uh, won because you know it's just it was a really ridiculous case. Um, I saw a lot of great videos uh, showing like the, how the chords were even like pretty different in themselves so uh very interesting uh good for ed sheeran he wasn't the hero we wanted but he's the hero we deserve so uh go ed and right on yeah um i have some music news the monolith excuse me mtv news is finally coming after an end after a 36 year run their parent company paramount global uh had uh, like a huge amount of layoffs and part of those sorts of layoffs and budget cuts Included MTV News, 
It's a very, very sad day. I hope I, uh, I hope Kurt Loder is going to be okay. I hope Kurt Loder is going to be okay. <laughs> I hope MTV still feeds him um, his three meals daily and allows him to live out the rest of his life in peace. Um, and it's it's a sad day. Uh, you they know. had to make programming space for more episodes of that Rob Deerdick funniest home videos bullshit. Oh yeah, what's that called? They only ridiculousness. Had nine, they only had nineteen hours of it. They needed a full twenty. Yeah. Really. I'd like to point out there's no so budget. The bills. There's no budget cuts here. Get in the garage music news. Uh, there's not. Indeed. Michael. <clears throat> Michael is the Michael is a modern day Kurt Loder. Mm. A Kurt Loder shit. I, I <laughs> mean, look at this dude. Can you look at him? He's gonna give you all the music news you'd ever want. So yes, I mean, a sad day that. Uh, uh, you know, Sway will not tell me about uh, the all the interesting news of the day. Who's but... the guy with the gap in his teeth? Oh, I, I tend to. I can't oh, remember. what was his name? I can't remember his name. Well, we should get uh, a, a list of popular MTV <laughs> news videos. Well, I have like a Vietnam War. <laughs> I have so, so we have so we have Kurt Loder, Suchin Pak, Tabitha Seren, okay, yep. and Gideon Yago. Okay. So, oh, Gideon. Yeah, yes. Gideon. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's a. I think it's a sad day, man, because like you know, uh, those of us who are part of our generation, in a way, has, at least speaking for myself, you know, very fond memories of uh, you know watching MTV and uh, you know that stuff kind of you know pops up and it was very much right. like this is a news break from and MTV, MTV died, news, you know, fifteen years ago. Though. It yeah. did, yes, no, it definitely did, but. That was, you know, I enjoyed that. So. I'd also like Anyways. to point out that I thought this was, this has been dead for 20, like, years already. So, uh, th this was a, a crazy day for, uh, for news in general because I was like, oh, this, this exists still. So, Kurt Loder, the Walter Cronkite of our generation. <laughs> yeah, indeed. We salute you, Kurt. We salute you, Kurt Loder. We salute you, Kurt. And that's the way it is today. We remember the fallen. <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift has announced her next remake album. As you know, she has been remaking her past albums because of a record uh, dispute, I would say, record company dispute. Uh, the next album she announced at her first show in Nashville will be Speak Now. She's been dropping hints that her fans have actually very much picked up on, uh, music video cues, um, at, you know, S Now uh, on like a ring and stuff. And like, she's just been dropping very uh, subtle purple is the theme of this album. She's been using yes. a lot of purples recently. Um, so people have speculated and she has announced it on the big Jumbotron at the Nashville gig. Uh, Speak Now is happening. They also lit up uh, Bridge in Nashville purple on her way there. So it was another hint before she um, announced the album. Well, Speak uh, Now, her second album, I can picture the cover. It is her third album. Third album. So mm. very exciting news for uh, Taylor Swift fans. And uh, we will... Be excited. Yeah, we'll be yeah, able to Yeah, the new Taylor's one. version of the album she's done already, I think have been done well. It, you can't recreate the magic, or whatever you want to call it, of what you sound like when you're 16 and then doing it again when you're 32. But as far as the songs, like, I think it's top-notch stuff, so... Mm -hmm. I kind of was against this idea at first because I was like, "Oh, you're re-recording? Like, would any artist ever do that?" But now that she's like, she's like, "I'm doing them all." Um, it's kind of cool because you get to like see her like do her, them in like a different frame of mind and yeah. have grown into the song. So mm -hmm. I'm actually really here for it, and I think the project is really cool and interesting. And um, yeah, go Taylor yeah. Swift, make your money. Uh, I'm here for it now. Uh, I've taken a long time to marinate on this but i've come around so speak now forever hold your peace forever hold your peace um i have another piece of music news 
So we talked about real quick, uh, Dolly Parton is releasing the album Rock Star. That is set to come out Friday, the 17th of November on her we'll own uh, Butterfly, uh, Butterfly Records. But it's just interesting because, you know, there was kind of like talk around the campfire as far as like who was going to be on this record and what the song choices were going to be. Uh, and some of the highlights. Miley wanna... Cyrus. Uh, yes. Oh, good guess. Miley Cyrus. Um, the, she's actually doing the song Wrecking Ball with Miley Cyrus. Uh-huh. She's doing the song Night Moves with Chris Stapleton, so that should be pretty cool. The Bob Seger song? Uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baby, I Love Your Way with Peter Frampton. Oh. Every famous rock star is pretty record. cool. Yeah. Um, Stairway to Heaven with Lizzo and Sasha Flute. Um, that's not Which is also Lizzo. Which is all, is that Lizzo? Yeah. Oh, why is it listed like that, then? Because she just has an Instagram handle for her flute. Oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, she's doing the song. <laughs> she's doing it. Mike doesn't think that's very cool. Cool, Lizzo. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, she's doing Let It Be with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr with special guests Peter Frampton and Mick Fleetwood on that track. That should be pretty interesting. She got two of the Beatles to reunite. Yeah, with and and Mick Fleetwood and uh, Peter I, Frampton. That's interesting. Jeff, I didn't say it was going to be a good remake. I just is said Dolly it was a Martin? historic moment. Is she like Sweden? Is she just like the most neutral person ever? Turn your mic up. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, she Paul is. and Ringo get along. They, they get along, but yeah. you know, to get them in the same room. With also, us. two drummers. Yeah, right? Uh, Ringo sings now. He's just, he's a singer. Oh, my God. For better or worse. <laughs> um, she also has John Fogarty, which should be fun. Uh, Steve Perry, uh, Sting, Richie Sambora, and my, the one that I'm really looking most forward to is Kid Rock. So we'll see how that turns out. Oh, thank God. A star is on the side. <laughs> I know, right. Uh, I know. Out, what, shout can out, I just... Shout out to Stereo Gum, who, uh, you know, uh, leaked this news today or released this news, and they wrote... Dolly Parton uh, releasing an album with uh, almost every modern day rock star and Kid Rock. I just hope that they record the same day as Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr and all those guys so Kid Rock can just be like, hey man, I've been a big influence on me. Yeah, they might all be Republicans and get along. We don't know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going on the scenes? We- they won't, yeah. Good lord. Anyway. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Sum 41, mm-hmm. a band that I thought had disbanded 15 years ago, uh, has announced that they're disbanded at the end of this year, <laughs> after being together since 1996, uh, famously well, known, yeah. kind of, I mean, technically, more than a one-hit wonder. They had that second song, I can't remember what it's called, but they had that hit song, Fat Lip, that came out when I was like 13 years old, when all the like Americana by... The Offspring was big, and yeah. Eminem's heyday, and Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fat Lip is it into into deep? Yes, yeah. Into deep. There yeah. We go. Uh, okay. So a two hit wonder, R.I.P. Uh, yeah. Some Forty One was a big band in my youth, but like, uh, didn't catch up. I didn't know they still existed. Uh, rest in peace, I guess. Fuck Mary Kill. Some Forty One, Alien Ant Farm. Yeah, Bloodhound Gang. Oh. Oh, I'm marrying Alien Ant Farm because I'll hear that Michael Jackson cover <laughs> all day on oh repeat. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to uh, uh, kill the Bloodhound Gang. Not into that. Tragic. Tragic. And, uh, you know, Sum 41. How about you, Mike? Um, I'll kill Sum 41. Um, I'll I'll fuck Alien Ant Farm because I only like that one tune and then I'll I'll marry Bloodhound Um, Um, I'm gonna uh, 
marry alien ant farm i'm gonna fuck bloodhound gang but only if they're dressed like lemurs uh see we you marry you marry that michael jackson cover all day it was solid yeah <laughs> well, I think I'm married to Alien Farm because I only know that one song, so we have a lifetime to discover more. Um, oh, there you go. In all seriousness, yeah, true. I only know that one big Sum 41 album. If you are like actually a Sum 41 fan and are bummed, did Sum 41 like release like steady albums throughout? Is this like a you know what's going on? Let us know. Yeah, what's, let us know. Are what's you, going on? Slash what went on? Fill <laughs> <laughs> me right. in on Sum 41. Someone make a video. Yeah. So there you have it. All right. Does that do it for music news that for you guys? Does it for me. That about does it. Yeah. All right. Oh, I have one more thing. Oh, I have one more thing, guys. Let's go. Lincoln Park. What no, is <laughs> this is not Lincoln Park news. I have one more thing. Okay. Uh, Prince is getting his own stretch of highway right outside of Paisley Park, named after him. It will be called the Prince Roger Nelson Memorial Highway, and the, all the signs on this highway are going to be purple. Purple. Cool. Uh, That's so, really cool. Seven mile stretch of highway. See? Uh, the, uh, symbolic. Hmm. Numerology. Yes. And um, I think this is a very uh, groovy thing to happen. Yeah. Uh, Prince is Prince and like that's his place. So yeah. uh, a good way to honor him. And I thought that was really, really, really wonderful. And, uh, you know, before we go, really go, Michael, you didn't bring up Snoop Dogg this week, which really I slept on me. the Snoop. I slept on the Snoop. What happened? Uh, Snoop Dogg is uh, with the writers on the writer's strike, and he was at a, I think, some kind of conference with um, business leaders. I don't know what kind of conference it was, but it was like a business conference. Yeah. And um, someone brought up uh, streaming and how streaming was doing well, and he brought up the writer's strike and how... He is standing with the writers, and he also said that they are on strike because they are streaming and not making money from streaming. And he said directly, I think that musicians should be doing the same thing, and, you know, we need to keep making money. And he also said, like, I used to make $10 on a CD. You make this much money, I get this much money. It's not that clear in streaming, and it needs to be clear. And he said he stands with the writers and would like to see uh, musicians do the same thing. And uh, he really went off on a tirade in this, like, business meeting. And everyone was like, okay. And he's like, sorry, I went off there. That's just how I feel. And everyone was like, okay. So uh, yeah. shout out to Snoop Dogg, who's been, you know, really amazing. And uh, we highlight him almost every week on the show. That's so true, we do. tune in for your Snoop Dogg news. And uh, I think that this nah, was nah, a nah. really, really great moment. Um, and, you know, check it out. And I really stand with what he said, too. It was yep. uh, some real stuff. So here, here. shout out to Snoop Dogg. Very good. This has been Music News. <laughs> So on we go to uh, the first album review of the week. Um, we, you guys want to do Duran Jones? We'll do Duran Jones. Yes. Well, um, so he released his debut album called Wait Till I Get Over. It's 12 songs, a little over 41 minutes long. It's an interesting record. Um, you might call it sort of a throwback y retro y kind of uh, vibe thing. What are your guys' thoughts on this record? Uh, he was in uh, Duran Jones in The Indicators. So when we were looking at this, I was like, oh, this is a solo release. And it does have some of that throwback soul that The Indicators kind of had, that retro soul. Um, indicators coming out in around like 2012 in that soul kind of revival thing, Alabama Shakes, all that good stuff was getting rolling. Um, their debut album didn't really get released until 2018. Um, there's been a few more since then. And then this is like the jumping off point. So I thought it was 
pretty interesting. There's some uh, kind of production choices that lean a little bit away from that retro soul sound, but still kind of add um, and or kind of take from that uh, vocabulary a lot. Um, also, to be noted, there's a um, Donny Hathaway cover on this record, so it still has um, that flavor kind of sitting in there. Overall, I thought a lot of these songs played really well and smoothly. Um, a lot of great rhythms on here. Um, some danceable stuff, some more heartfelt stuff. Um, and the highlight for me on this record is the narrative of the record and the um, kind of thematic play that um, themes throughout it. That for me was like the strongest point of this record and that's what I really enjoyed about it. Yeah, I enjoyed this record, uh, produced by Ben Lumsdane, and I believe also Durant Jones. Um, I thought this album was outstanding. I loved the fact that it's very classic uh, soul and gospel type of songwriting, but it has modern, kind of like progressive, pushing the envelope production choices mm -hmm. and instrumentation and arrangements. Um, it reminded me of 60s, like Stax Motown type of stuff, but put through a kind of viewpoint of the later, like Sly the Family Stone, the, um, why can't I think of his name? Who was in the group, uh, he did Move On Up. What's his name? Oh, uh, Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield. Thank you. Uh, so that type of thing where there's a lot of swirling, interesting textures, a lot of like fuzz guitar type of elements, um, a lot of kind of like found percussion and it was recorded live at most times when they have the full band going so the vocals have that kind of like we're just gonna do it and it comes out in the moment so there's a lot of like strange compression type of stuff strange distortion on certain like high notes and things like that um i thought style like luke said the uh, themes of this album about uh, kind of like self-discovery and claiming who you are and persevering through what you've been through. Uh, love songs and loving yourself type of songs I thought were really great. Uh, this is like the first modern R&B record I've been excited for in a real long time uh, because it does remind me of those classic, you know, Marvin Gaye type things, Isaac Hayes type things. Um, I thought this album was excellent. And some, some highlights, like I go through and I put my little like notes of all the songs but I had like more than half of this album had like big, big, like these songs are amazing. Um, I loved the song Letter to My 17 Year Old Self, uh. which was like an epic journey, like such a deep arrangement. There's so much ear candy all over it. You have to like listen to that song a hundred times to catch everything that's going on. There's that harmonized sax solo that I believe he played because he studied saxophone in college. And it's uh has that like synth drop with the mm. sloppy kind of Dilla drums. The backing vocals on the track are so thick and full, uh, and then it, like just dissipates away. And it's it's like a s almost six minute long song, and it feels like a prog rocky like big opus thing. Uh, yeah. I said I, when you said that, I like hit Mike because like the first thing I said when uh you know me and Mike like talked about this record, I was like. Uh, Letters to My 17-Year-Old Self is a high standout, the yeah. best track on this record. Yeah. It is, the especially production-wise. Production, yeah. it's, and, uh, lyrically, uh, the theme of, you know, mm -hmm. just talking to yourself in that way. Right. And, um, it also has that, like, stop, uh, thing mm -hmm. in the vocal. And it keeps, jolts in, yeah. It jolts yeah. back in. Uh, just absolutely mm -hmm. everything Jeff said. Uh, that song was the highlight. 
Yeah, my uh, the songs that I really enjoyed, um, Wait Till I Get Over, that was probably one of my favorite tracks on the record, too, because I love that sort of raw, in-the-room style recording with the full church choir. Just and straight like gospel. Just straight yeah. gospel. Like, I love that. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm an Aretha, uh, Amazing Grace kind of fan, you know, like that yeah. sort of a vibe. So, like, I... I was, I'm totally, totally there for it. Lord Have Mercy, which was kind of like giving me sort of a Wilson Pickett kind of, I, right. you know, vibe and stuff too. Um, a fantastic voice, a great, a great range, just a nice timber overall. Even in like Jerry Marie too, which is the album opener. Uh, it's cool because I think, you know, <clears throat> and we've talked about album openers before on like an actual episode, I think. And I think this is a great standout for an album opener in the way that it kind of like this orchestral sort of thing comes in and it's kind of announcing the, it, the okay, the, now you now you are listening, in, you know, to this album, you know, like the good, it's going to be a progression. Uh, and that's another one too, like Jeff had said earlier, where it's that sort of a take where it's like you get a little bit of that distortion in the vocal, you know what I mean? And um, it adds a nice... Nice uh, hair. It has a little hair to it, you know. I think that uh, vocal de delivery on that song is really great too, because it. I think it shows his voice in a, in a different light that's not really highlighted in that way on the rest of the record. A really beautiful long melody line out over yeah. like that piano, um, and it really should. You're like, oh man, he's re really singing great, great, beautiful uh, melodies on here. And then um, also, like you said, when he's like getting down on like Lord, Lord Have Mercy, it's kind of more of like a Wilson Pickett vibe. And you're like, oh, that's the same guy, same voice. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so I really, really kind of like that. Um, I am going to give like a little demerit here because I do not like albums that, uh, okay, if you do a girl's name song and you do it well, uh, Jerry Marie on this record, love it. It's beautiful, mm. great. Uh, a song about his grandmother. Yes. Uh, girl's name song. Really like it. Uh, Sadie on here, which is a fine song in and of itself. That one's like more of like a, like, uh, 60s, like late 60s throwback, like, um, uh, kind of like Otis Reddy E song. And it's not necessarily bad. I just don't like the, uh, two girls names, uh, songwriting thing on the same album. I, mm. I'm like, ah, you know, give me something more, a little bit different, even though they both have different feels to them. Yeah. Um, that's just like one like small critique. And that's like my only really, really like critique of this record in a lot of ways. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I think it's really well done. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't have a like sticking point on if it's name songs, but I like the fact that it opens with the, like, this whole album is about kind of, coming into your own as an adult and looking back on your life and being mm. like, I'm from a small town that I resented my whole life and now I come back and like this place feels like home. So the kicking off of the grandmother's song, the story's about being young. And then Sadie is that song where it's like a first love or crush or girlfriend and kind of testing out love and maybe being a little like awkward and uncomfortable because like he is a queer artist. So it's like this kind of bittersweet thing. I thought that song was like, it's kind of like an instant classic, like, beautiful like Otis Redding type song like just a great melody great like that thing's gonna be sticking with me for a long time oh like see I feel the laid back 12 8 groove and stuff the ooze the background stuff was crazy. I, I like the song I'm just if I'm like if I you're picking nits you know. that's a that's my nitpick because sure. when I'm listening down I'm like I just went girl's name yeah girl's name yeah, yeah. and you know that's nitpicky but to say they're also great songs is yeah. You know, I agree they definitely are uh, I also want to highlight the weird uh, drum tilter on like i want you 
I thought that was interesting. Mm. It had like that 6-8 groove and it kind of had some like off-timey percussion going on in the background um, that sounded like Fountain oh, yeah, percussion. Yes. Um, and that, that was crazy. a really interesting choice and that reminded me of like the kind of shaky drums on that uh, D'Angelo record mm. um, yeah. from 1999. Mm. And that's... And that kind of gave me that vibe. So I really liked that it was using um, even things from like that. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's like kind of like a touchstone, but it was like a little bit different. And it still was like a more um, old school vibe, but using that was like something that was more modern. And I really liked that in there. And I thought like that was a really strong point in the production, especially yeah. from like that, you know, place. In that song too, it's cool because he does give you some of that throwback flavor where he kind of does that talking thing in the middle. He's like, preacher. I'm walking yeah. in my sleep yeah. thinking about you. You know, like he does that thing. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah. I can get some of that. Um, She's a baby. Yeah, voice yeah. <laughs> uh, another shout out to for a song that I enjoyed, yeah. uh, as far as his use of dynamics, um, was that feeling because that yeah, song kind of comes in with band. like it's like a slow burn working up to the full band, and then it goes back to quiet, and then it goes yeah. back to loud, yeah. which kind of gives you this kind of a thing throughout the song, and I really enjoyed that use of dynamics, which I thought that was really creative. Yeah, you know. Uh, I do want to bring up, what do you think of the Donny Hathaway cover with the rap interlude in the middle? Um, I love the rap. Um, so that's an artist named Skip, who is like a middle school teacher. I've been trying to figure, I was trying to, no, no, I was trying to look yeah, up who that up. was. Yeah. Um, uh, I, his name might be, might be Byron Horton. I looked it up, I did write down that. Um, but I thought it was excellent. I thought it was, it was very much a, like a middle school teacher giving like a history lesson type yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. I thought it was a great, another thing where it's very dense instrumentation, lots of little like secrety things all buried through the mix. Uh, I, when I first, when I first heard it, I had conflicting, this had to grow on me, this one a little bit, because I had conflicting yeah, things when I, when I heard the Donny Hathaway cover at the end. Because for me, I'm like, at this point, I do like the retro soul sound. But at this point, it's been done a lot, and I'm kind of like, you know, eh, I've heard a lot of it in, in a lot of ways. And I, not that this, you know. So when I heard the Donny Hathaway cover, I was a little bummed out that there was a re an old soul song on the album. But as I listened to this record and kind of got more of where he was coming from and the, the theme of the record, the going back home, mm -hmm and knowing who you are, that Donny Hathaway song really started to express itself in a different way. And especially because it did have the interlude in the middle of it where it was rap and uh, inter said uh, things about modern modern things, uh, mentioned George, George Floyd in there. And I thought it really connected well with the whole theme. So I was more there for it in this place because I was like, I wanted it to be a more modern uh, feel on the album. And I think... I, I liked it better once it grew on me. And um, he does sound exactly like Donny Hathaway. He sings really, really well on it. Donny Hathaway, because, uh, I mean, I like A-B'd them, and I was like, he sings this incredibly well. Yeah. So um, I really did kind of like that in the end. So yeah. that was my uh, full thoughts and feelings on me growing about it. But. Yeah, I, I, feel, I felt similarly in that way, too, because I wasn't expecting it, so it kind of, like, sidelined me, because it, it's kind of like an abrupt sort of change into, like, this different part in the song. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, then I, and then it goes back into the rest of the tune. Um, but yeah, same thing. I think once I listened to it a couple times, and then I kind of ended because I think it was this that I didn't anticipate it, so it kind of like threw me for a loop for a second. Um, but I did enjoy it. 
Uh, also, the album Closer, Secrets, which is this cool, like, sort of piano track that fades out with, like, waves on the beach, and that's kind of how... A minute kind of, and a half of waves. You kind of, yeah, you just kind of, like, drift off into the waves, yeah. and that's uh, just kind of, like, the final thing that you hear off of the album. I did enjoy that creative choice. Highlight to falling asleep to a record, because uh, that's what I would like on every record, just waves to put me to sleep. Yeah, yeah, just to I finish mean, it off. Like... That's how, in my opinion, that's how you close an album. An album that's like 41, 42 minutes long. Like it opens with a beautiful, like piano and then string, da -da 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 -da, setting like the curtains opening. Yeah. And then it closes with this simple piano ballad, lots of like stacked vocal harmonies. It's like maybe a minute and a half or two minutes of singing, and that dissipates into just the sounds of what I assume he's trying to recreate or maybe actually live record like the Mississippi River because the town he grew up in uh, Hillaryville, Louisiana is right on the banks of the Mississippi River. So that kind of lulling you to sleep and taking you out on that, I thought it was awesome because yeah. this to me was like a complete album statement. Um, and to just touch base back on the, the cover, I, I enjoyed the cover a lot because like at this point, that song is kind of like in the canon of those like modern day spirituals so like to hear hear a current artist sing a song that has that's so well known at this point i was i was into just because it's like mm. it's like doing amazing grace at this point right now yeah. yeah so i thought this was an awesome album ratings are on the table how do we feel uh i'm going to go with a 7.8 um I like this record a lot. Um, this sound isn't like necessarily where I go to all the time, uh, but solid record. Um, a lot of great like modern stuff with that old school styling uh, underpinning it. Um, great record, check it out. And I also want to uh, give it this compliment too. It is a forty-something minute album, though it does play like a thirty-five minute album. It really does. It plays yeah. very fast, and that almost never happens with records. So. Um, yeah, 7.8. That's what I'm at. Right on. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, let me think. I'm going to go with an 8. I'm going to give it a solid 8. Because I think that although I do agree with kind of like what Luke was saying in the way that it's like... We've had this flavor before with the Charles Bradleys and like the Leon Bridges that have kind of predated this and all that stuff. I find that it does kind of really play well to my taste as far as the Muscle shoals sort of sound, the Stacks sort of sound, the Motown sort of sound, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for, like, the throwback kind of thing, too, you know? Like, I, I can be a sucker for that, too. So, not that this may be a sucker, but you know what I'm trying to say. So, solid eight for me on uh, Duran Jones. Yeah, um, my favorite music is 60s soul and, like, 70s psychedelic funk soul stuff. Um, I thought this album was the most interesting production I've heard on an album in a very long time. Uh, all I wanted to go back to and was listen to it over and over again uh, as soon as it ended. And for me, this is my first perfect 10. Oh! Um, is this the, this is your first 10? Yes. This is my first new music 10. Yeah. Nice. Because it's like, I look at my things and I bolded every single song. I have three stars next to seven tracks and there's 12 tracks on this album yeah um yeah i just thought this was like excellent and like i think what makes an album great like this song i mean this album might get you know might some albums fade some albums grow in your estimation but for me i'm like this dude's voice is so rock solid that 
I will start to like certain parts. I'll start to like have detractions on certain parts. I think that's a good thing. Like those 60s and 70s soul stuff, it's so in the room, it's so organic, it's so experimental. And like this took a lot of chances. There's a lot of crazy stuff on these arrangements. Like if you listen to these songs a hundred times, you'll find new stuff buried in these mixes. Uh, yeah, so this is a straight 10 for me. There you have it. What do you guys think? Do you like the new Duran Jones album? Let us know in the comments below. Let's take a quick break. We'll take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to cover... Ed. Ed. <laughs> Ed on Ed. We'll be right back. Ed. Ed. We're making piss. All right, everyone, welcome back to Get In The Garage. We're the music podcast. For music lovers, our next new album review is the sixth studio album by Ed Sheeran. It's called Subtract. Or Minus. Or Minus, or Negative. Uh, it's produced by Aaron Dessner of the band The National, who is known more recently for producing Taylor Swift's Folklore and Evermore albums. Um, and one track is additionally produced with Max Martin, Shellback, and Fred again, the song Eyes Closed, which is the first single. This is a 14-track album. There are four additional bonus tracks on the streaming version. It is 48 minutes long. If you count the bonus songs, it is 61 minutes long. Uh, my thoughts on this album were I saw the track listing, and I then started listening to the album, and I thought, is this Ed Sheeran AI? Because this oh. album was so run-of-the-mill and generic and, eh, to me, where I thought, this is fine. Like most Ed Sheeran music, yeah, I go, yeah. this is fine. I'm just not into it. And But this was this was fine to a point where I was not fine with me. It was just <laughs> like, um, what do you guys think about this album? Yeah, I thought, I kind of felt the same way where I was like, you know, man, Ed Sheeran very clearly just has a formula and it sounds like he has the formula for the type of songs that he writes and he kind of just stuck to the formula and I feel like as a byproduct of just sticking to that formula it kind of um it, it kind of resulted in a record that I felt that the content of the record should have evoked much more emotion than the emotion that it actually did evoke in my reaction to listening to it because there's some heavy topics uh his wife uh, was uh when she was pregnant with her second child six months into her pregnancy was diagnosed with a malignant tumor uh and then also uh recently too um uh there was the death of um uh, Jemai Edwards, who was a friend and somebody who kind of like championed Ed Sheeran in the beginning of his musical career, who also passed away. So heavy topics, and I kind of really felt bummed out that I didn't really enjoy this record because of the fact that I felt like there was a lot of potential for him to express a lot of emotion, and instead it just sort of felt like this kind of stale, formulaic kind of thing. See, I, um, you know... I'm not like the world's biggest Ed Sheeran fan going in, uh, but you know, I wanted to to give it a a fair shake. Um, I kind of like disagree with what Mike said, but for like the opposite reason, I feel like um there was, I mean, it did have the uplifting stuff on here, but a lot of it was that like um acoustic guitar, mm -hmm. piano, um, and you know, like mm -hmm. he said, the kind of the same thing, and uh, I just thought like the 
it laid in the sadness on me a little bit too much mm. where by the middle of the album I'm like oh my. oh this was crushingly sad yeah, it was yeah. it was like by right. the end of it I was like oh this yeah. is another sad song coming in with acoustic you know um and so I was hit over the head with sadness instead of like I was like I get it um like you know what I mean mm, yeah, and yeah, um yeah. so I kind of felt like the other way with it where I was like there was a lot of sadness on here and um to the counterpoint of what I just said um eyes closed had a bit of like a dance pop mm -hmm. feel to it um and that was an interesting song because it was i you know he kind of admittedly he talked about how, his writing process on this one where he was like it started off as like a um losing a girl um now i'm dancing with my eyes closed and i miss you you know i see you everywhere kind of uh thing and then it um his friend passed away and he kind of changed it to the feel of of that um and that's like one of the more um t up tempo numbers on the song um i think like the narrative kind of gets a little confused in there i'm still on like the girl thing when i like listen to it for the first time um and so i think like the the ch chances like where it could have like moved in that direction a little bit more and like gotten like the um serious song over like a dance pop song which like we've heard before and i think works really well um and evokes that kind of like different emotion um so a bit of a miss thing there but on the surface of that it was like a just a good modern pop song um one that didn't have a lot of like you know crazy production or mm -hmm. anything like that but you know yeah. and that's where like a lot of it hit me it was either either like pretty you know, okay, pop songs. Um, Dusty, uh, another like one on there. Yeah. Uh, and I thought like I tended to like the songs that were more upbeat oh, pop yeah. songs on this record as opposed to the ones that were uh, acoustic guitars. Do you guys kind of agree? Yeah. Yeah, but the there's way. only two of those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's far, yeah. few and far between. Um, some things I enjoyed about this album. Like Luke said, that song Dusty. I like those blippy electronic little song things all over it. Um, that kind of like chord change of the bridge that's very 80s like it kind of is out of nowhere taylor swift has done a lot of that type of chord change thing where you're like whoa left turn um but i enjoyed that i thought the my favorite song of the album was the song colorblind which i think had the best vocal uh delivery uh of the album i thought mm -hmm. it had the perfect amount of like light delay and reverb on the vocals um and i enjoyed that as a ballad and all the color metaphors uh i thought were good songwriting you know i i just yeah. think his music in general is uh other than those couple of chances it's so like the four chord thing and it's so like a lot of the melodies i am like yeah there's a humble member memorable melody but that's because it reminds me of melodies of his other hit songs right um there yeah. is the especially like the song life goes on I it thought got, that was... it got to the chorus, and I'm like, "Is this thinking out loud? Like, it is this. It is such a similar. I like the vocal on that one, where it got a little gruffer at the end of the oh, chorus. I did not like that. But because <laughs> see, I for I me, like I was it. like, where that because yeah. his voice sounded a little bit different and gave like right. a personality of yeah, yeah. of like some of like the unique characteristics yeah. of his voice, and that's where I was like, mm. okay, I kind of like that a little bit more yeah. for him, a little bit more evoking of voice in a different way. I, I like the Irishy song, which is the closer on the. Uh, uh, standard version of the album track 14 the hills that, of alberfeldy yeah um, i like co that song co-written with a northern irish artist named foy vance um if you think what an irish ballad sounds like not full jig but you know something yeah, yeah, yeah. you sing out to your sheeps like i thought it was very nice <laughs> yeah. um 
and Ed Sheeran has songs like that on usually one or two on every album. Uh, Galway Girl is one I can think of that comes to mind. Um, really, the, there's one song I was just like, oh boy, this is not my thing. And that was the song Borderline, yes. which had a, that falsetto chorus. Oh, the falsetto. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. I said the same. Yeah. Oh, man. So that was rough to me. Um, that was that was a actual rough moment. Like, uh, cause, oh, man. Like, let's be straight. Yeah. Like, we're not, we're like reviewing this album, yeah. but also we're just like, this isn't like naturally for us anyway, but a lot of the songs yeah. aren't like offensively no. bad. They're just... Uh. Uh, more offensively like bland um right. and that song is like one on here where i'm like oh that one does actually feels like a bad song like yeah, the yeah. rest of the stuff is like passively like good and listenable yeah. for the most part where that one i was like ooh, like we love yeah. music so that's why we talk about music and it's like this album got i think it was like got to track six and i looked at my phone and i went oh my god it's tra- it's this is only track six i had like, a similar yeah i had a similar thing i think borderline for me is where everything really starts to take a nosedive over because, the borderline because yeah. after yeah to talk about oh yeah the re- i thought because it's of the album like was everything rough. else and, and yeah. then and the the hills of uh Aberfeldy, that's yeah. i'm just like oh i like i perked up for a yeah, second exactly. i was like oh cool it's a good song you yeah, know yeah. and i'm not saying that i'm not yeah, yeah. you know like the thing is is that you know we we pick nits here because that's kind of like our self-appointed sort of uh jobs you know what i mean yeah. in the way that we're being critical and we're reviewing records and stuff like that but um but the thing is, is that ultimately, like, you also, you know, when you get to a point where we're at, where it's like we're listening to current and contemporary artists and stuff like that, you know, his contemporaries are just kind of doing a better job, in my opinion, as far as, like, how instrumentally a, uh, an album sounds. You know what I mean? The Lana Del Rey record was moody and dark and had all these sort of, like, emotional things about it, and the music sort of matched it. Here, it's not that the music doesn't necessarily match it as much as it's just like there's not enough variety for me. There's not enough ebbs and flows. You don't feel like you've kind of gone on this. The I think that's what he's going for, though. Because yeah. if you look at his albums, there's the plus, there's multiply, there's divide, there's equals, and then there's this. I mean, there's a there's an album called like Number Six Collabor- Collaborations in the Middle, but each album, like the plus album is the debut. Multiply is the second album, and he is adding more elements into the songs. uh, Equals has, like, big worldview topics, Mm. you know, equality type of thing. Um, Divide was supposed to be, like, split, like, one half acoustic, one half modern hip-hop, pop-type production. And, like, he purposely, this this, uh, Subtract album was supposed to be, like, bare-bones acoustic guitar singing piano that's why he, he worked with aaron Dessner. like on his previous albums he had like multiple producers throughout the album and this had one dude produce the whole thing mm-hmm. and then like other people come in for one one song so i think he was going for that taylor swift evermore you know the stripped down yeah like which i just think i would rather music in a way i would rather things be bad than boring um and this was just like too much of his board. I thought I think he has a pleasant voice. I I enjoy like eighty percent of what he does vocally. Like I don't want to turn off the radio when he comes exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah. But I also like don't seek out his music, and right. I definitely won't seek this out because you know Eyes Closed I enjoyed, Dusty I enjoyed, Colorblind I enjoyed, The Hills of Alverfeldy I enjoyed, and honestly the my favorite songs were the four 
bonus tracks. Like yeah. I like those four bonus tracks because they had some energy, some big like things. A little bit more. I felt like a little bit more groove, gru- a little roughness bit, in the yeah. production, a little bit, right. a little, a bit, little more bit more edge. like oh, in, like mix it up a little. I bit. I liked Wildflowers a ton. That was yeah. my favorite out of all of all okay. of the bonus material. My favorite was Toughest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's like. I, I always think, like, who is this music for? Like, I don't know. And this isn't for my sensibilities. Well, I, this is too, like, we were We were talking about this, too, and yeah. uh, Ed Sheeran's our age. So right, this right. is also, like, we were we were yeah. asking this question, like, who is this album for? Um, it feels like it's for a, a younger person yeah. still. It feels like he's kind of still making uh, music for, like, college or mm. – um, just at a high school, high school age, um, mm. you know, early twenties. So it still feels like it's kind of in that space, and like mm. it hasn't like grown with like maybe, but um, you know, because he still kind of has a lot of same style of choices. Uh, one more thing of note on this mm. album, uh, it could also be kind of like a stylistic metaphor uh, to water. There are so many water-based. That's why metaphors. I felt like AI to me. I looked at the tracklist and I'm like, "What are these song titles? Uh, <laughs> this is like know. fucking crazy." Boat. <laughs> He's a steady boat in water. Salt water. You know the theme of uh, being cleaned in salt water. Water. Um, Vega has uh, the crying in the rain. To you can't see. There's a little, yeah. and there's I think there's more in there too. But there's mm. like just yeah. uh, so much uh, a lot of water on this record. So uh, I Watery, thought that yeah. thematically actually was mm. a. A pretty interesting thing because I was like, "Oh, are you theming this with water?" But then some of the other songs didn't have water in them, so um, yeah. it, it was, was a comparison for Ed Sheeran. I was thinking about that because I've heard great things about his live show about how he does all the live looping stuff. He has all the pedals around him to stomp on and feed tracks in and loops in. And like, I think this would be more interesting live because it's uh, him with an acoustic guitar and he would loop in little things. Um, I was thinking, like, is Ed Sheeran kind of like? Is he like Sting of our generation? Like Sting is way way artsy fartsier, but think about like the Sting, Fields of Gold, shit like that. Like, hmm. you know, like that kind of music. It's so like, it's fine, and you'll hear it a billion times. But yeah, does yeah. it stick with you beyond like the fact that the melody is an earworm? Like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, or, I haven't, or I haven't really another about person that. I was thinking about was another artist who's. More from the rock side of things, technically, but the Canadian artist Brian Adams, who has a number of songs, this that that's exactly right? how I feel about Ed Sheeran right. is Brian Adams because Brian Adams is a very popular artist yeah, yeah. with like my mother's generation, yeah. mm. but like completely, yeah. if you ask like me or like Alex, you can you name one Brian Adams song? No, no, just a head shake. Oh, see, I could, I bet you, I could sing the chorus for eight different Brian Adams songs, and you'd go. Oh shit! I know that song because you've heard it a billion times on right. classic rock radio. Yeah. So, Run to you, heaven. Have you ever loved a woman? See. Yeah. You know, like. See, I thought when I listened to this, everything you do, I do it for you. I think that's you know, a, a really fair of comparison. 69. When yeah. I when I listen to this, and I and I, 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 I might, and it might be a bit of a stretch, but I yeah. go there with me. Uh, I I um I I thought of um James Taylor a little bit because I was like. Well, because James sure, Taylor has sure. a very clear formula of how he likes to write his songs. 
most of the songs. Now listen, you know, fire. I'm, I'm going to disagree highly because James Taylor made some wild, well, and no, no, crazy no, no, no. I'm, records. I'm not, yes, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is the fact that like James Taylor kind of found his lane and sort of what he's like, known for. Yeah, what yeah. he's known right, what yeah. he's known for, and it's fire just and like rain and fire and rain. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm blanking on songs. <laughs> I don't know. Bl- no, 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 no. I know Fire songs. Rape, I've listened to the greatest hits a million man. times. Mexico. The song about it. Yeah, right, yeah, me- right. Oh, Mexico. You know, it's like, but that's what I'm like, saying. I don't I'm know, just kind of like, That feels way different to me than like, I'm, we're getting I'm not into saying, it. Well, I'm that not saying that. That feels way different to me than Fire and Rain. Mexico was a, a take on a, you know Yeah, what I'm but saying? what I'm saying, I don't mean that lyrically. I mean in the in sense it. of just like, it's like yeah, James he, Taylor he doing his James like Taylory thing. Here's yeah, James yeah. Taylor doing the James Taylor thing. Yeah. You know, like this, like he does his thing. So, Where and, it sounds like know, copies of himself on a bunch of different albums. Right. And I'm not yeah. saying that he doesn't, he hasn't stretched out and done like some different things. I'm, I'm, not, more, of, I'm more of the Brian Adams metaphor. I think the Brian Adams is a better metaphor, but I'm just saying for the sake of the conversation that James Taylor was the name that popped in my is head. Is Ed Sheeran the Sun Ra of our generation? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, He's the David I, Gilmore I, of I think that like and it's cool man, you know, like if this is me like I think of bands like Train. Yes. Where it's like the peop- the audience for this music might just be 15-year-old girls and 43-year-old women. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's uh I don't know. So you know, that's kind of where we're at it, though. So what do you, what do, what what's, do was, what's the ratings? Let's, let's give it a rating. So this was just, I just was like, uh, and it was long, and I was, it wasn't interesting enough. So I'm just gonna be honest, and I'm gonna be unflinchingly honest. This is, a, I'm gonna give this a four point five. I want to, I want to give it a five to give it like right in the middle, but like I don't even want to give it that because this thing felt like it was three hours long. Yeah, I'm gonna have to meet around there with Jeff too I'll 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 give Ed Sheeran the extra point five, and I'm just gonna call this a five for myself too I just I don't think I'll really ever go back to it I will never go back I to I mean that no. you know as far as his uh, songbook and discography goes and stuff yeah. like that if it if a song comes on oh cool yes I know this right. song it's an Ed Sheeran song but beyond that I you know I'm good I'm gonna go uh I think I'm gonna go solidly in the middle uh with a five mm-hmm. um because like a lot of it is like I listen to it and I'm like yeah this is okay it's just not my th- it's really just not my thing more than I don't like it uh, or, or it's not my thing yeah. more than like I think it's bad bad songs right right um yeah. so like that's more where I land on it so um I'm gonna give it a five because like if you look back and I also that Jack White record I like had a really emotional hatred towards um I gave that <laughs> a five and because like <laughs> a lot of I you know so I'm gonna give this a five because I think I like these are like more solid songs than even that so that's yeah. where I land on it yeah um you know we gave our honest opinions give your honest opinion if you like this album yeah. tell us you like it tell us we're wrong uh engage with us Tell us what you think in the comment section. Yes. We want to hear For it. For me, I was thinking it had to be somewhere between Nickelback and that Post Malone record that I would only ever listen to like three songs from. Oh. I and just so want to say. I think 4.5 was right in the middle. I yeah. just want to say. <laughs> it's no journey. Every time that Post Malone. <laughs> every time I hear that Post Malone single, uh, me and Alex heard it the other day at Willamette Records. I like you. I do. I See, we still. I, Dude, I want to go. Sh- I want to be friends. Go shopping in your beds. I'm with you, Post Malone. I like that record. <laughs> <laughs> this has been getting the garage. This has been guys. getting the garage. Don't do forget you, to like, comment, subscribe. Do you like Post Malone? Also, let like, us know. Yeah, also let us know. But uh, yeah, drop us a line. Like, comment, subscribe. 
all that good stuff. Share it with uh, somebody outside. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, here.